G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Live around Australia on SEN Track. Welcome to Taz Racing Talk with Cam Luke and Campbell Brown. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. Taz Racing Talk style. Let's get into it. What a big weekend. Huge weekend. We're going to get stuck into Devonport. Hobart, that's very shortly. Rowan Healy is going to jump on the line. Tommy Hackett. Tell us the latest of Ladbrokes and how the weekend's going to look. Siggy Carr, Ron Riley. It is all happening as we head towards a weekend that I think all of Tasmania have been looking forward to for at least minimum six weeks. And I'm going to say 52 weeks since Mystic Journey probably should have run this, won this race in 2020. So much to get into. Campbell Brown, hello to you. G'day, Cam. Yeah, exciting uh, the Derby Day Eve. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, Siggy Carr on fire. Riding winners. Training winners, riding winners that she's training, mm-hmm. still in the lot. Tell you this, Coronation Keith is a very nice, nice horse. Yeah, nice horse. So we'll yeah, get to it that. certainly is. Oh, do you back it? I know you're, you're part of your uh, Wednesday night crew. You, JJ, we- Damien Watson... Couldn't back it at that price. Yeah, I know, but um, I've seen you say that before and still back them, hence why I'm asking. That is true. But, no, it did it did win well. And and then the um, the shorty that uh, Siggy was on in the last, Anna mm-hmm. Creon, mm-hmm. that Adam Trinder trains, went mm-hmm. under, mm-hmm. much to uh, everyone's surprise that had run some multis and had it one out in the quaddy. So, um, yeah, it was – we'll ask – I'll ask you about that one as well. Wednesday night on fire. Looking forward to next Wednesday already. But let's get to our main man, Jamie Cockshut, who, as we look towards Devonport, we look towards Hobart, there is no doubt he's got a spring in his step. Jamie, cult following he's got now, doesn't he? Well, you know, cult following, in my mind, is a limited number of people who are willing to follow him to the edge. I believe it's now our grown cult following. And now we sit in just massive following. Jamie, Hello. Hey, young Alexis, I tell you what, you know how to talk, talk, talk it up a bit, boys, that's for sure. Well, <laughs> put a bit of pressure on, but um, by, by all reports, mate, it's Campbell, the one that's been plucking these quadrillas out of the dinger of life. Oh, I know, mate. I got one. You know, you know what, Jamie, you know what's happened this week? He got a quaddy. Was it Monday or Tuesday? Yeah, yeah, it's Monday. So you got one Monday, and then on Tuesday, Sam Highland got the quaddy. Yeah. But it was put across all our socials as. Campbell Brown and well, Sam Highland have teamed up for a quality. combination. You know, like. <laughs> Give me a spell. <laughs> we but, couldn't be any more proud of him on Monday, and then he tries to just include himself <laughs> with Sam Highland's quaddy on Tuesday. I thought it was a bridge too far. Uh, I was that wrong with a bit of self-promotion, boys. <laughs> Love it, mate. How's your week been? How'd you go on the punt last weekend? Yeah, not too bad. No, two out of the three got mm-hmm. up, mate. And the other one was massive in defeat. But, you know, like um, the people that played the three-leg parlay, we missed out narrowly. But if we went the two-three, we would have got our money back and a, and a little bit more. But um, I think it's about time we started getting some decent collects back. And um, let's hope we can do something this weekend. You're going to have a good chat to Rowan Hillier shortly. You're a couple of minutes away, probably three or four, where he joins us. So we'll get into your best bets and how you see the racing this weekend. Devonport today, Hobart on Sunday. Mate, what do you like? We'll start at Devonport. It's a pretty tough meet, mate, as it always is up there. It's a very tight track. It's usually leader-dominated and, and all that. But we'll start off. Um, race 5, number 11, he's a sport. Draw number 11, which is a no-nail Devonport. But, you know, we might get $5, $6, and I think he's a good each-way bet. 
Race six, number three, Major Davin. He's a very one-pace pacer, but if he can get outside the, the likely leader, Kovebi Hustler, I think they'll definitely run one, two. So, but I'll go Major Davin at the better odds. But, you know, for the fellas out there, like Cornellas, Exactus, Trifectors, Banker and Chilman Street to, to win and run second or third, I think we'll get a collect there as well. And across the race, seven, number three, stylish trend. Uh, it's a bit short in the market at 250. I couldn't back it, but it just looks the early leader from a stand start. And if it gets to three fifty-four dollars I think it's, it's a bit to nothing in the last tonight, mate. Oh. Confidence levels, talk to me. Uh, four out of ten at Devonport, mate. Oh. Devonport's <laughs> always a tough place, but, you know, most times they get up when you've only got the small amounts on, so that's the tricky thing about it. It is true. Staking plan and uh, being able to work out your units is a big part of it. But let's get to uh, the weekend because I have a feeling your 4 out of 10 confidence is going to uh, just zing up a couple of notches when we get to Hobart. Yeah, Hobart's a lot better. Boys. Now we're talking. Um, race 6, number 6, Rock on Playboy. It's got, um, got a picket fence nearly as good as Pickle. Um, Campbell's picket fence in Brighton there. Um, it's one five on the bounce going for six. Which, which which place, Jamie? He's got two in Brighton, so uh, he sometimes no, you have to. Both, mate, yeah, you know? that's true. You, you drive past, mate. Beautiful big picket fence <laughs> yeah. there, and you know, so yeah, you just got to drive and look for that one out there, listeners, and there's Campbell Brown there. Yeah, that's fair cool. That's fair cool. So, um, so yeah. we'll start. We'll start race six. Uh, rock on, Playboy. Going for six on the bounce. He just keeps getting the job done and keeps stepping up. I keep trying to find a chink in his armour, but I just can't do it. And I'm going to jump on again this week, and I think he can make it six in a row. And he should be around the $3 mark because it is a tougher race. And race seven, this is the real one I'm real keen on. Iden Gorgeous. Um, Connor Cook trained and driven. Campbell's boy. Yes. Um, just managed to get a great run through, and he'll either make an early move or if he sits back and comes with one run, I think he can. She can win either way, and you know she should be around the three dollar mark too. Because it's not an easy race, but she just maps to get the perfect trip and could run through early. And there's one at odds, race eight, number eight, Levi Jimmy. Um, he sprouted wings to win about three, four weeks ago at Launceston. Come from last at the China meter mark. This is a lot stronger, but he's drawn to get a soft run along the peaks. And if he can get up the sprint lane or just get a gap around the around the corner. He's got the ability to hit the line very strongly, and he should be around the ten or twelve dollar mark on Sunday night, boys. I like nice, this value. Nice each way play. I like the confidence, and I like the value you're throwing towards this, Jamie. This is what we, uh, this is why we continue to say exactly how big your following has got because the uh, the track text feedback line continues to go in the meltdown anytime you throw these numbers around, and and I am very confident that uh, come Sunday evening, Brownie, a couple of extra dollars in the back pocket again, courtesy of our man. Yeah, well, let's hope so, boys. That's for sure. Oh, mate, what do we say on the first show? Humility is not something we like to embark I, on I, here I at SEN I call it the, the, the <laughs> triple C. Triple C, the, oh, oh no. the, the, the Connor Crook, Cockshut combination. That's the... Uh, that, that's the... No. <laughs> <laughs> we both make it the four, tri- the four C. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Connor Crook, Cockshut... Can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. I tell you, I wonder what he was uh, working. He was sitting there. He had his, he had his he calculator had a, out. Yeah, he had your calculator <laughs> out. You sort of had your frown a little burrowed. I knew you were working on something, and 
That's what you come up with. <laughs> Remarkable. <laughs> At SEN underscore track, all of Jamie's tips, as everyone knows, always has them up uh, on our on our socials after we're out of here if you did miss them. So well, we'll re- replay them a little bit later before we say goodbye to Jamie as well. But firstly, J-Dog, uh, you got a good mate who joins us on the line now. Oh, have we lost Rowan? Oh, how you going, boys? Oh, hello, Rowan. We've got you. Hello, Rowan. And I apologise. I thought Jamie was there as well. Now, now we might have lost Jamie. But Rowan, hello to you, mate. Uh, how you doing? Hey, boys. <laughs> Everyone's here. Are we all here? No, I'm good. Yep. Say, say, I if you're here. <laughs> I'm here. Yeah, there we go. We got it. (laughs) Rowan, firstly, I'll welcome you in before Jamie goes nuts because you deserve a bit more of an introduction than that because you're flying at the moment. Hello to you. Big weekend ahead of you, mate. So how are you doing? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Yeah, um, yeah, we've got some pretty good chances, so hopefully things turn out our way. Yeah, we'll we'll start off, Rowan. We'll just have a a talk about your two main ones on Sunday night, you know, that you train, but you've got a a few other good drives, as you just mentioned, mate, you know. The Philly Miss Pappenhausen, you know, she got the, the big win last week and, you know, she thoroughly deserved that win. And she just continues to improve, mate. And, you know, she's got a, a mortgage on the blue bonnet in my eyes and I'm pretty sure you'll agree. Yeah, no, she's done a super job this time in. Uh, obviously, she won the big one last week and um, this was probably a little bit of a, an afterthought, this uh, blue bonnet stakes, but she's freshened up really well and um, she gets a, she gets a good enough draw to push forward and, and she can control the race from either the breeze or in front. And we'll go to the, um, you know, your, your favourite horse. I'm, I'm gladly say that. Uh, Riley Major, mate, he's going to strip a lot fitter for his first run back where it was just a, a walk and sprint home. But he gets in, he gets in well off the 20 metres mark. He gets a longer trip, and I'm sure he's going to, you know, he's going to strip a lot fitter, and he's going to be riding the finish on Sunday night. Yeah, you're exactly right there, Jamie. He uh, takes a little bit longer to get these old horses back up to peak fitness and, you, and I think just racing helps them get somewhere towards that. Uh, he was He's okay first up. He's, he's worked since then. He's improved really, really good. So, uh, you know, 20 metres is, isn't the worst handicap he could have got, I think. Um, he, he looks like he, uh, he should be right in the race, I think. And another one that I'm pretty keen to ask you on is, if it's to be, it's up to me. Um, you took the um, the race by the scruff of the neck last time, mate. You sawed him out and, and drove him like a good horse, and he ran his rivals off his legs. You know, he, he was entitled to weaken a bit late, which he did, but he was very impressive. Um, you draw similar this week, um, and I think he could just about repeat the dose with the question mark being Arden Rowan, mate, um, who's amazingly got into this race after starting favourite against Lip Reader last week in the free for all. So, what are your thoughts on yeah. if it's to be up to me, mate? Yeah, definitely a, a big step up in class, I think. Uh, obviously, sort of drawing the same sort of gate as last time, but, um, yeah, we'll definitely hunt out, hunt out and try and look for the front. And um, I'm sure Skip will have him in good order. He's, he's a very consistent little horse, and um, just it's just a bit of a query on the step up in class, I think. Yeah, no, I tend to agree, mate. And um, Devonport tonight, can you, you put, the, put the listeners into a, a winner? Well, uh, I think I struggled big time tonight, Jamie, so... Uh, I won't tip one, I don't think. Yeah, no, it is a, it is a tough meeting, mate. But before before when you finish up, mate, um, a lip reader. Um, he's a horse that's done a super job since he's come under your care. Um, he's raced by, you know, a, a loyal supporter of your stable and a close mate, Mark Patton. 
Mate, he's done an amazing job and GT resumed with an authority win last Sunday and he just seems to have come back um, better than ever and he's probably closing the gap on Riley Major. Yeah, he's a different sort of horse than Riley Major. He's, he's really got good point-to-point speed. Uh, he's done a super job last time. You know, he sort of went from like a C1 to a free-for-all in the space of 12 months, so gave him a good break and he's come back and he was he was impressive first up, but uh, it wasn't wasn't the hottest before we've ever seen. So uh, as long as he keeps improving, and I'm sure he will off that run, uh, he's going to be hard to beat in some of them bigger races over the Christmas time. And another one we'll touch on is a he's a handy three-year-old you got. You're from New Zealand who made a big impression over here when he came, and he's called Montana Storm, mate. How far away is he from the races? Uh, he's probably about a month off trial, I reckon, Jamie. We're going to qualify him from the stand. Um, in the next couple of weeks, he's a, he's a very strong sort of horse. Um, we sort of will target races like probably the Devonport Cup. I know he's only a four-year-old, but um, he's really strong, and I think them sort of races will, will suit him down to the ground. Yeah, for sure, mate. You know, that country cup circuit, and, you know, like you said, the Devonport Cup, that is, you know, the ideal race, and it's in your back door, mate. So it'd be, yeah, it'd be a race you'll definitely want to win, and out to your brother from the other year when he won it with a legal immigrant. Yeah, well, I won last year, so I've already outdone him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you just get one up on him, mate. Get another one up on him. Yeah, that'd be nice, yeah. yeah. Uh, beautifully done. Uh, Rowan, we always appreciate you jumping on the line, having a chat to us and uh, letting us know how you think you're going to head in particular over the weekend, mate. Good luck, and we'll talk soon. Thanks, boys. Good on you. Rowan Hillier, Bye. there we go. Jumps on the line, has a good chat to us, gives us a bit of an indication as to where he might sit. Before we let you go, Jamie, I just want to, uh, again, just back over your best bets at Devonport. And Hobart for the people who might have missed off the top of the show, mate. What do you like? Um, well, we'll start. We'll go back to Hobart, mate. We'll, we'll um, start with race um, six, Rock on Playboy. I think it's number nine or ten. Um, and race seven, number nine, Ivan Gore. Just here the two. You know, you can back them. You know, singly, then have a multi. The two of them, you'll get. You know, probably nine, ten to one the multi and, and three at all the singly. So you got a twenty dollar outlay. Go, you know, like. Seven or eight dollars for win, then have the multi for four or five dollars, and I think you won't be far wrong. Um, Levi Jimmy is the best at odds at Hobart on on Sunday night. Just draw us to get the right run at Devonport. As Rowan, I reiterate, is a very tough meeting, but if we can get one out of the three, I think we'll show a profit. If we can get two, we'll do all right. So we'll go race five, number 11, he's the sport, race six, number three, Major Devon, and race seven, number three, Stylish Trend. Can't do any more for the people around the country, in particular in Tassie, mate, when you're pointing them into a winner. As always, love chatting. We'll do it again this time next week. Thanks, boys. Jamie, Cheers, mate. Jamie Cockshade. If you did miss any of those tips and best bets at SN underscore track, they will be up. A very quick break. Plenty more on Taz Racing Talk. All thanks to Ladbrokes after this. Live around Australia on SEN Track, you're listening to Taz Racing Talk with Cam Luke and Campbell Brown. Yeah, it's going to be a big weekend. We're talking harness before. Devonport today. Hobart Sunday. Big. Oh, huge. The Empire Rose with two of Tasmanians' favourite. Still a star and mystic journey. I reckon this is my favourite race of the day tomorrow. Really? Yeah, this is a cracker. I love Colette and have loved her since. Yes. uh, She won a race in Kembla Grange before she went on to Group 1. Um. Tafane obviously is a star. Then you've got the two magnificent Tassie mares. Yep. You've got Sierra Sue, who uh, who I tipped at won the Group One 
few starts back at uh, fourteen dollars, so I've mm-hmm. got a soft spot for it. Um, big fan of Harmony Rose and Hungry Heart. Oh. Kiku goes good. Steiner, look, it, this is good a cracking race. race. It's a bloody cracking race, and I'll tell you this. Tommy Hackett and the crew at Ladbrokes have to sort themselves out and they work do. out exactly how the market looks. They've done an amazing job. And Tommy does join us, of course. Ladbroke at this spring carnival. Always gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. But Ladbrokes make every race this spring even more exciting. Tommy, hello to you. Hello, boys. <laughs> There's some tough races tomorrow, but we might start with the Empire Rose because it's got such the rich Tasmanian flavour. What, what does the market look like? It's a really interesting race this one on a day that's packed full of them. Tefane is the favourite. She's been three seventy into three dollars fifty. Mystic Journey right there on the second line of betting at five fifty. Colette seven dollars. Bit of specking around for still a start. She got as short as nine dollars, just out to eleven dollars now. And it shows the quality of this race. You've got a horse like Hungry Hearts fourteen dollars. Sarah Sue's been flying this preparation. It's $26. So it just shows the depth there is in the Empire Rose Stakes. And I think Brownie's right that, it, for me, it is one of the highlights of the day. Of all the uh, the races, there's nine of them tomorrow at Flemington. Which races attracted the most early support? But most early support has been the Coolmore Stud Stakes. Oh. And it's been in- interesting as well because it's not like there... It hasn't been a sustained go for any one horse. The, the money really has been... Uh, filtered around this uh, this field. We've seen big money for a number of different runners. So probably three of the biggest bets of the day we've seen thus far are in the Coolmore Stud Stakes, and they're all on different runners. We've had 5,000 on Artorias, 5,000 on Indy Congo, 5,000 on Palele, and a host of uh, bets around that uh, around that site. So Hunt is very keen on a very open edition of the Coolmore Stud Stakes. Well, what's the market tell us there, okay? Because... I. Look, I think a tourist is the best horse in the race. I just think that it'll miss a kick by two lengths. And I think with the big field, it's going to be very hard to make it up. So I think that with the speed in the race, in the Congo, you know, beats Animo last start. You know, he can't get any much better form than that. Extreme Warrior just put the Blue Sapphire crew to the absolute sword. Yeah, what, What's the market of Ladbrokes telling us with this race? The market's confused, Cam. That's mm. what it is. There's no real push here from the market. So Extreme Warrior and In the Congo, they've sort of traded favoritism back and forth during the week. At the moment, Extreme Warrior is the favourite at four dollars forty from In the Congo at four fifty. Palaley's been a little bit easy, six dollars out to seven dollars. Uh, Taurus has been at eight dollars out to nine dollars. And then you've got a host of well-credentialed horses around the $10 mark. Home Affairs at $10, Carlos $11. So the market really hasn't made its move yet. So, But the Coolmore Stud Stakes, it's a race where the market sometimes does get it wrong. Uh, just in, historically, the past three, five years, there's been horses that have been well-backed that have then come out and flopped. Uh, we saw Farnham be really well-backed in the race last year, and it, it didn't go a yard. So it's, uh, it'd be interesting to see what the market does in the next uh, 24 hours. But... I'm, I'm confident they'll come for one, but whether the market gets it right is a completely different story. All right, talk to me about the Victoria Derby because, again, this is interesting. I think the barrier draw plays a huge part into what people might be uh, doing when it comes to having a bet at Ladbrokes, the favourite drawn so awkwardly. Uh, for, well, I'm assuming the favourite. Is Gunstock still favourite? Gunstock is still favourite, yeah. but another race where they have traded favouritism throughout the week. Gunstock 450, forgot you 480. It's been the one that punters haven't really liked. It opens 360 now out to $4.80. You're probably going to get $5 at some point tomorrow. Hitotsu, it's the X factor in the race for mine, and the mm. market agrees. It's the market mover. It's been $8 into $6.50. Cameron, I like you like Tutu Kaka. It's right there in the mix at 8.50. But the best factor, a bit of a price here, 
as being the Godolphin runner, Allegro. Now it comes out of that spring champion stakes form behind Profondo. Uh, it's been it's nine dollars, but some of the biggest bets in the race in our Victoria Derby market are with Allegro on there. Any support at all for Akihiro, the Gary Portelli runner? I think it's just been ticking along behind the scenes, never getting beaten too far, and could be one that the market's just put up a, a nice price about. Yeah, $34 at the moment, Brandy. It's stayed that price since the final field opened. So not a huge amount of money around Faki Hero. But I think you make a pretty good point. It's been thereabouts without necessarily putting its hand up. But sometimes that's what we see with these Victoria Derby horses. It's, it might be a horse that is really looking out for the uh, the 2,500 metres. So as it always is, uh, another fascinating edition of the Victoria Derby. Uh, hey, just quickly on the Golden Eagle, mate. Uh, where do we have I'm Thunderstruck right now? Because... I. He should be 250. I think he's going to bolt in. And I say that nervously, Tommy, because I know Campbell Brown has one that he really likes in the race as well. <laughs> huh? I, I took a very small percentage, Tommy, of laws of in, indices, uh, the international with Annabelle Neesham, and it's it's drifted since it drew barrier 19. <laughs> Yeah, it hasn't drawn well, Law of Indices, but it's an interesting horse. Its European form is, is pretty good, and we've seen what Annabelle Neesham has done with Zaki. He came over here with good European form, but not great European form, so you never quite know with uh, Annabelle Neesham, but currently $21, Law of Indices. Uh, I'm Thunderstruck is $3.80. It's been four fifty into $3.80. I think that push has been led by the president of the I'm Thunderstruck uh, fan mm. club, which is Cam Luke. Mm-hmm. Uh, Private Eye, Little Easy, it's been six fifty. The Queenslander has been popular. Apache Chase, nine fifty into seven dollars. If you're looking for one at a price here, just throw a sneaky tip in here. Forbidden Love, thirty-one dollars to win, eight dollars to place. I think it can run well on the quick backup from the invitation. Not the most consistent mare in the world, but she's capable of a high rating effort on her day. Now uh, I will, I will put this on the agenda straight up, Brownie. I'm not sure if I've told you this just yet, but Tommy hit me up earlier in the week because I'm big on backing. I'm thunderstruck in next year's Cox Plate in the Ladbrokes Cox Plate, and he ran the twenty-six dollar mark, and I. I, I, you know, I, I'm telling you, it will not be on offer tomorrow <laughs> night after he puts the Golden Eagle field away. So uh, I don't want to hear, I know you, it won't be you, Tommy, but I don't want Brownie and the listeners to complain when we get to the Ladbrokes Cox Plate next year and I'm Thunderstruck's 260 going in as a red hot favourite and we could have all been on 12 months earlier. So it I just want that be on your the version, It could be your version of my Dallasan. You know what I mean? No, you know why? I'm Thunderstruck wins big races. (laughs) The difference. (laughs) Poor old Dallas. (laughs) Well, I picked him. He'll get one. He'll get one. I I picked him to win a group one this spring. And then bloody Zaki gets an elevated temperature and now goes to the McKinnon, which kind of makes it pretty almost impossible. But anyway, he will get one. Uh, As always, Tommy, thank you. Thank you, boys. Happy happy day. Tommy Hackett from Ladbrokes uh, across everything. Ladbrokes, jump on the website via the app if you need it uh, to do that way, which is probably the way that majority of our listeners do it. That's how we do it. A Ladbroke, this, a Ladbroke at this spring carnival. Gamble responsibly. Make every race this spring even more exciting. Call 1-800-858-858. News, what's the NFL score? Good uh, or seven bad a piece. for you? Seven apiece. All right, is that good or bad for you? Well, it's okay. Yeah, it's good for the unders. It's not good for if you've taken the uh, Cardinals line, but... We'll still have plenty of time to go. <laughs> News time, Ziggy Carr on the other side of that. Live around Australia on SEN Track, you're listening to Taz Racing Talk with Cam Luke and Campbell Brown. Yeah, wherever you might be around Australia in particular in Tasmania, good afternoon to you. What a weekend we have got ahead of us. You can get in 
touch with us anytime you like. 0499 736 736. All the best tips. 0499 736 736. Send them through. And if you want our experts tips, Brennan Ryan isn't far away at SN underscore track. They will be up. Now, I'm going to let you. I'm going to let you introduce our very special guest we have now, Brownie, because you are number one in the fan club of this incredible jockey. Oh, she's doing great things as a, as a trainer and as a jockey. She had a, a double on uh, Wednesday night, and it was very nearly a, a, a treble. Uh, Siggy Carr, welcome to SEN Track. Hey, thanks for having me on. You're going along beautifully at the moment. Let's uh, let's talk about Coronation Keith to start with because it went around as a, a very short price favourite uh, in race seven on Wednesday night and um, looked dominant. Uh, you didn't ride. Uh, Troy Baker was in the saddle, but you trained the horse and it's flying. How, how far do you think this horse can go? Uh, look, at the moment, um, we're quite happy just to be putting him through his grades. Um, He's doing everything right and his confidence is building every start, which is a positive. So at this stage, yes, we probably will look at something through the Tassie Summer Carnival, but um, we'll progress to a 76 or something like that next start. There is also a um, couple of things in mind. Maybe we might shoot him over for a race in Victoria as he is Victorian-owned. Mm. Um, but... Nothing really set in concrete with him at the moment. He's um, pulling up well from his races, and that's the main thing. And um, we know we've got a pretty exciting horse, so we just want to look after him and do what's right for him. Hey, look, he is exciting. Are you at all surprised by how well he's doing right now and how he's coming through each and every challenge he gets? Uh, yeah, well, every time... Well, I've never had a horse like him, to yep. be honest. Like, we've, um, we've had the tried horses and things like that, which we've done really well with, and now we're starting to build stock that um we've started with from scratch and and that's the exciting part that um yeah like he he's progressed from a young horse we got him um he was broken in in victoria he came down he's a bit difficult to get going and credit to mel cotton who put a lot of work into him and got him going for us and um he's just taken a lot of time as the croissant saloons seem to be needing um but yeah look he he's um just kept stepping up to the plate how hard is it to try and keep a lid on it and, and for us? And we, and we love him, and, and, and Brownie in particular, when he when he has a look, he does Wednesday nights here on SCN track, and he loves it. He talks about it. He, he, he thought the dollar twenty five was a little short to take. <laughs> I I disagree. <laughs> Money's money, but um, like we, so we we are allowed to let the lid off. We're allowed to get excited and, and and talk about where we think this horse might go. But when you're so hands on and and you are the one who who makes those type of decisions or predominantly are, are so heavily involved in it, how hard is it to keep a lid on it? Do you allow yourself to sometimes think of how far it can go? Yeah, certainly. Um, don't get me wrong. I, it's hard to sleep some nights. So. <laughs> um, yep. Yeah, but I, I guess I've been in the game long enough to know how hard this type of horse is to find. And I don't want to go getting too excited and then sort of not that I, I think he would let me down, but um, I guess I'm trying to keep a lid on it to keep myself settled. <laughs> that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's why I think we've just been progressing through. Like, we, yes, he's been exciting, but then, oh, you know, we just won a six, benchmark 62. Oh, he carried weight. So you're trying to find all the positives out of a lower-grade race. Then we stepped to that 68, which um, we respect all those horses that were in that race the other night. Um, obviously, boom.com, we know she can really um, let down late, and we thought, oh, gee, she might be getting over the top of us. But then... 
he puts pay to horses like that. So um, I guess every time he steps out, he just gets a little bit more exciting. See, you've, you've had the dual licence for a while as jockey and trainer, and, and we've seen, I think it's a great initiative, and we've seen Michelle Payne do it. Do you think doing both, do you think being a, uh, a, a jockey makes you a better trainer and a trainer makes you a better jockey, the, the all-encompassing um, part of, of the job? Do you think it works well or it's pretty tiresome at some, at some stages? Oh, it's certainly tiresome, but um, I think it, it makes things more levelled out for me. I don't have to stress about one or the other. Yep. Um, things just roll nicely for me, and uh, I enjoy both a lot. So um, to be able to do two things that I love so much um, and get rewards from it is oh, it's just, yeah, words can't describe what, what the experience it is. Was it a natural progress? It's a it's a big decision when you're in a situation such as that, and you're such a talented jockey. It's a big decision to 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 have a dual license. What, what, was it a big decision where you sat down, you ummed and ahed for it? Was there someone suggesting it would be great for you and, and great for your career? Was it just a natural progression where you thought, hey, this just like I, I imagine that a hell of a lot of thinking goes into it in a million different ways. How, how was it for you when the decision was made, or you had to make that decision, or did make that decision? Yeah, look, I, my heart from the time I was oh, probably 12 or 13 years old, I wanted to be a trainer. I used to um, try to help Dad all the time, sort of train a few with him. So um, that's what my heart's always been set on. Uh, then I obviously got to about 23 and decided that maybe because I didn't grow much, I was quite small <laughs> and naturally light. I um, I thought I'd, a lot of people used to say to me, I'd be at the races, uh, a lot of the trainers used to say, why don't you just be a jockey? There's more money in it. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and so I guess that was something that I thought, oh, well, might as well give it a go if I'm not going to have hassles with weight and things like that. I've naturally liked. Um, so, yeah, I took that up and, and really enjoyed that. Got to experience so many things. Got to go to Adelaide and um, did well there and, and learnt a lot from a lot of different trainers there and, then got the chance to go to Singapore and when I went to Singapore actually made me want to train even more um just seeing the different ways people do things and um I really enjoyed that experience and when I came back I thought hard and just thought look it's now's the time I felt that I was ready to to look into the dual license which I think had only recently come out in Tassie maybe only about eight months I think it had been um introduced so um, as soon as that happened, I guess that was something I was pretty much targeting on. Ziggy, I, uh, I'm not sure how often you, you catch what Campbell Brown and I do on a, on a regular basis, but it, it's fairly lighthearted and uh, to be fair, we're idiots. So we just sort of love the game and <laughs> roll on through. But I'm going to ask you a very serious, tough question. Yeah. Would you rather, if in a situation, would you rather train a Group 1 winner and someone else ride it or ride a Group 1 winner for someone else training it? Oh, that's a tricky one. Um, I'm going to go with the training one. Okay. Yeah, I think because you put so much into it yourself, um, I guess that yeah, you'd be more passionate about it. Yeah, look, it's a redundant question because I think you'll win a group one as the trainer of a horse you're on top of. So I, I, it's more of a redundant question. Yeah. I just want to just want to throw a little uh, little zinger in there. <laughs> and I'll mention something else. You get more, more as a trainer than you do as a jockey. There we go. Not your five. See, now I know you and Gamble Brown will get on so well because you're both very financially motivated. There you go, Brownie. Fire away. <laughs> hey, Siggy, you um you're riding uh, the last in Launceston on Wednesday on a very short-priced Adam Trinder runner, Anna Creon, 
and it, it did go under. Just for the, the listeners out there, what, what what was the case with that horse? I personally thought it was uh, it was far too short in the market for a horse. It only won three starts in its long career, but uh, it got well backed and um, and got found one better. Uh, Perrin knocked you off. Yeah, look, um, I found her really hard to get to settle. To be honest, she um, she got quite strong on me, and to get her to settle enough to be able to finish off strong enough, I felt um, she just wanted to fight me throughout the run. Um, I'm one of those riders I really like to get into a rhythm with my horse, and I just felt that she never did with me. So yep. I think that was a telling tale in the um, yeah in the results. So. You're only talking about a lip, but um, when yep. yeah, when your horse is sort of wanting to fight you, it's using that much more energy. Um, so yeah, I, I guess if you put it down to anything, maybe we just didn't get along. So yeah, yep. um, yeah, that was about all I could. I thought that you know, like we probably got everything handed to us by the end. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you were planning on coming to uh, Victoria for a ride. Uh, middle of the year this year, that obviously COVID sort of ruined your plans. Will we will we get a chance to see you? back over here riding and not just uh, maybe potentially bringing a horse over to train? Yeah, um, Scott Brunton's been excellent, giving me opportunities in Victoria, and uh, we've spoken about a few that might be coming up. I'll leave a lid on that for now. But, um, yeah, we're possibly going to look at bringing a few over ourselves. So, like I mentioned, Lovely. Coronation Keith, there's a chance that he might head over, but I'm not sure whether uh, Troy will let me <laughs> jump back on him or not. But, um <laughs> Yeah, and we've got a few there. I'd love to have a crack at a 9.55 with Hannah's song. Um, So we've got some really nice sort of um, horses that we could take over at some stage. But while the money's here in Tassie, we're quite happy just staying here and um, supporting our local area. Are they they still offering a car for the 9.55 or is it a big check these days? I think it's a big check Mm. for the trainer. So I'd love to freshen her up Mm. and have her really sharp. Yeah, that'd be perfect. Yeah. Very good. Nah. Uh, very good, Siggy. Well, thank you for your time. It's uh, it's great seeing you doing so well as both a, a trainer and a jockey. I always look forward to following your horses, and um, we appreciate the chat. Beautiful. Thanks for having me. Brilliantly done. Siggy Carr joins us. And from that, from Siggy to Ron Riley, and he, he look, legend, legend, in the Tasmanian Hall of Fame. You know, as a jockey administrator, legend, but... I reckon he might have a little bit of nerves today as we head tomorrow Should to be. the Empire Rose because he's a part owner of Stiller Star who has done everything right heading towards the Group 1 tomorrow. Ron, good afternoon. Good afternoon, boys. How are you? How are the nerves? Uh, look, honestly, I haven't sort of been too bad up until, you know, now, I guess. I think from now on it'll it'll kick in though. She, she is such a she's been brilliant. Her year, of course, running, of course, at the All Star Mile, and and then we, we we've spoken to to Bill Ryan leading into this preparation, and he said, hey, she's got to continue to step up, and she has done that and more, and she has a legitimate chance tomorrow in a Group One on Derby Day, which, to be honest, it can't get much more exciting than that. No, it'll be fantastic. Um, I mean, she's been so honest for us. She's had eighteen starts, and she's collected eighteen checks. So we can't go crook about that. <laughs> Did you, uh, when you got involved, and I'm not, not sure how many you're actually involved in, Ron, but anytime you, anyone has an owner or is an owner of a horse early days, you start to think, yeah, you know, you, you always have that dream. Then it, it has its first jump out and you, you're able to see a little bit more and become a bit more realistic than he goes to the races for the first time. And sometimes for... Well, for me, every time it dashes those dreams, it's a champion. When did you know that you had one that might be okay? Well... Early days when we uh, 
Billy and his wife Mary and myself, we always go around the uh, studs and look at the yearlings and pick out what we think we could buy within our price bracket. And we picked out two that year and uh, we were lucky enough to obviously to get her and to get another horse called Take the Sit, who's also won six mm. races. Um, but she was only very small, still a star. And right from the start, she showed uh, quite a bit of ability. But honestly, she wasn't much bigger than a pony as a two-year-old. And she ran the first four races, she ran four seconds in a row, twice behind a good mare called DeRoche. Yep. Mm. Um, then we gave her her fifth start as a two-year-old on the synthetic at Devonport, and she was short price favourite and, and won quite well. Then we turned her out and brought her back as a three-year-old, and as a three-year-old, she just she just blossomed like horses that were beating her. Well, DeRoche, for instance, as a as a two-year-old, she was beating them when she turned three. And now it leads to what is going to be a wonderful day tomorrow. Now, and we've got extra interest in Tasmania because Mystic Journey, we know, as the Queen is is in there as well. So two horses so high up in the market. I I need to know though because we are in a weird world where, and luckily enough, we'll be on track tomorrow. But you won't be, unfortunately, Ron. What is a day like this when you're in such a big race hold for you? Do you do you watch it by yourself? Do you watch it with family and friends? Is there a gathering organised? What does it look like? No, um, I'll most probably watch it with my family. Yep. Um, I'd probably prefer to watch it on my own, to be honest. I get a bit, of, I get a bit emotional. And, and so you should. That's what the game's about, isn't it? Oh, for sure, yeah. No, it'll be fantastic. We know she'll run a good race. Like, the lead-up's been great. Um, she trialled beautifully last week at Longford. And then she had a gallop this week um, with Mystic Journey, and they both went fantastic. Um, so yeah, it's it's uh, it's up to them now. I believe that they've travelled over very well. Um, so we're hoping for a good track, but uh, if it's any worse than good, it won't affect her as long as it's probably no worse than than the dead in the old. Yep. Was there any thought maybe with the easing of restrictions uh, that you, you might be able to potentially make it over here at all? Yeah, we could go over, but the the problem is getting back. Getting I back. think that's the you know, You'd still have to do uh, 14 then, days, would you, on the way, on yeah. return? Yeah, that's the problem, and particularly with Billy because uh, and he's got um, probably eight other horses in work at the moment, so yeah. he couldn't be really locked up for, for 14 days. So um, it's not the same as not even when she won the other day. It was great that she won, and the money's fantastic, but it's just not the same as when, you, when you're there on the, mm. on the course. Now, I know that I think it's around December 15 or December 16 when uh, people from outside of Tassie can get into the state. If she was to win tomorrow, Ron, have you thought about this? If she was win tomorrow, the party could last seven weeks. You might actually, <laughs> by the time you're ready to go back, you might actually be fine to just roll on in. <laughs> yeah, well, I've got all my family live in Melbourne, uh, apart from oh. my, you know, my son and daughter, yep. all my brothers and sisters live over there. Uh, two of my brothers work at Flemington, so um, I'll be pretty keen to get over there and, and uh, celebrate with them. Ron, good luck. Yeah, good luck. Enjoy tomorrow. It's going to be a wonderful race. And, and Brownie and I spoke about it off the top how, how exciting it is. And the two Tasmanians right there and still a star. The one thing you know about her, though, yep. even if she does get beaten, she'll uh, leave it all out there on the mm-hmm. on the racetrack. She's, uh, she's a tough fighter and, and all heart. So we wish her all the very best, Ron. Thanks, guys. Appreciate that. Beautifully done. Ron Riley, 
Still a star part owner. Looking forward to tomorrow in the Empire Rose. Squeeze a breakaway on the other side of it. Our man, Brendan Ryan. All things Greyhounds. Live around Australia on SEN Track, you're listening to Taz Racing Talk with Cam Luke and Campbell Brown. All right, let's get into it. We're running late. Our man Brennan will go bang. Let's go, brother. Hello to you. Good afternoon. Hello, Cam. Hello, Brownie. Yes, it's uh, tremendous weather here, but uh, the racing's still red hot as we uh, come in towards, as we've discussed each week with the big races all around the state. Now, how's the week been on a punt? You've been able to find a couple? Yeah, we've been doing pretty good. Um, we, uh, you, bloody oh, we had a good win, or personally, I should say, I had a personally good win up at Devonport on Tuesday. Uh, I can't give that away. Well, but. that's what I was going to say, Brennan. Humility is something we don't have here at Taz Racing Talk, and I was hoping after what was a uh, was a really, really wonderful Tuesday night for you and the fam that you weren't going to bring humility in, mate. So congratulations on that. Yeah, no, thank you. She's um, a very good little greyhound, Just Posh. She's won two from two, and... Got a good little record, and she'll be put away now and being set for the Breeders' Classic in a month's time at Devonport. So we're looking forward to that. Yeah, you mentioned all the great racing around. Uh, what have you made of the last couple of days? Uh, of course, the Gold Cup final. Yeah, that was a good effort by uh, Red Titan, trained by Debbie Cannon, and surprisingly, Debbie's first win in the in the Gold Cup. She's she's won some of the she's won all our three big group races here, but uh, surprising that was her first win. But you know, the dog Red Titan was impressive. He jumped well and. He got the lead coming off the back there and, um, yeah, just led throughout. It was a comfortable win. And talking to Debbie, look, she was a little bit concerned. He was a, you know, run under done coming into the heat because it was a, with the snap lockdown, they missed out on a trial session. But she just kept uh, ticking away with the dog. And, yeah, the, the result was the labour of the efforts. And, yeah, got a good win. All right, big weekend, mate. What should we be looking forward to? We're going to go to uh, Devonport uh, this time on a Wednesday due to the Melbourne Cup. So we're racing Wednesday afternoon and we've got a red-hot invitation field up there at Devonport. Um, we're only about a week out now from the heat to the Devonport chase. So this is a great field. Um, we're highlighted by the return of last year's Devonport chase winner, uh, Winburn Sheen. He'll jump from box four. Um, going really well. I think he should run a good race. A little bit tough to think where he is at the moment, but we'll get a good guide. We've got Quick Joey Small, Superior Spectre, and uh, Classy Lady, Blackpool Flash. But I'm going to stick with... Um, look, I like Blackpool Flash from Box 8. I think he should run a good race there. He ran 25-33 last week, and he's uh, come here to the state to be prepared for the series. And, yeah, no, this is going to be a good indicator of what we're going to have uh, for our local contingency heading into the Group 3 heats. It does seem like Box 8 suits it as well. It does. Look, he's a good lead pinger like last week. He had Box 4 and he flew the leads. And I think he should get a good cut. He should be out that far in front and he should be able to cross with no problems. If you watch the replay when he turned for home, he's only about two or three inches off the rail. He, ra- he was railing his ears off, literally. He just He's a superb little chaser. He's only a little dog, but he, he's got all heart. And that's what you want in, a, you know, in these top grade races. It sounds like you, Brennan, to be fair. <laughs> oh, look, if I could run like him, I'd be happy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Brennan, appreciate uh, you, you touching base. I know it's a little bit shorter than normal, mate, so we'll extend your time a little bit next week, mate. But thanks for jumping on the line. And again, congrats, congratulations on Tuesday. Not a problem. And, uh, you know, all the best of luck to Mystic Journey and Silver Star in the, uh, in the Empire Rose on the weekend. Which, which one are you backing, Brennan? Uh I'm going to go still a star. There you go. Beautifully done. Uh, Ron Riley, who joined us just before, you'll be happy with that. Have a great weekend, mate. No worries. Talk to you soon. Brendan Ryan, superstar, and uh, a big congratulations. The Puppy Championship. Just Posh wins on Tuesday night. Can't wait for the Gold Cup. Uh, rather, for the uh, the big race on Wednesday. Gold Cup last night. Can't wait for it, Brownie. What a day. Taz Racing Talk. Have a good weekend, everyone. See ya.